Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. We're here with a very special guest. He is the number 11 ranked prospect for the Kansas City Royals. Is that good? You tell me. It is my pleasure to welcome Alec Marsh to the Officially Unofficial podcast. How are we doing, Alec? Good, good. Thanks so much for inviting me. This is pretty exciting. It's exciting stuff. Humble brag. I mean, we've had your boy on and let's get right into it. I mean, first off, let's talk about the legend, future starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, a guy that absolutely carves, Jonathan Heasley. I mean, let's go into your relationship, your friendship with him. How is it? What do you like? Are you guys living together right now? Um, actually, no, I had a I had a big deal this this year. Um, you know, I threw I threw for a month in Arkansas in double A. That's where Heasley is. And then I had some some stuff going on at my arm. So I kind of shut down. I came back from it, took about six, seven weeks, and it never really went away. So I got shipped out to uh Arizona. But I'll 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 live in Arizona for the remaining of uh the season, kind of just rehabbing and stuff like that. But me and Heasley did live together in Arkansas at the time I was there. I was there for about two months, three months. Um, and just great dude i ended up meeting him i got drafted in 2019 and i didn't even meet him until last year at the alternate training camp with the covid stuff really so let's yeah. let's give a perspective to like the people because most of the listeners of this show know Heasley as just a fun loving good dude who i obviously pump his tires i say how nasty he is give the listeners give the fans a perspective on how good Heasley actually is because i don't think people understand how good this dude is like he just carves Extremely underrated. Um, I mean, he is a dude that you can't take the ball away from him. I mean, he wants to go. He wants to go every time he gets a ball, and he wants to go nine innings. And I mean, he's such a good competitor too. I love the dude because we everything that we do, we compete against each other, even in golf, whatever it might be. Um, it's just it's it's kind of like a brotherly uh, relationship, you know, the brother I never had. So he's he's an awesome dude, man. Dude, he's a stick on the golf course, I heard, too. Is he just a freak? He's pretty good. I mean, I I think we're hand-in-hand. Hand. We're on the same handicap, which is probably like five to eight. But he, uh, we go back and forth every time we play, so – so, so give me a little bit of a background because obviously I'm hoping this offseason I can make I can fly down because I, I live in like I live close to Toronto. I could fly down, give Heasley a go. Give me a little runaround. I mean, does he like to play the mental game? Like, can I get in this kitchen? Can I start chirping him? Getting get playing the mental game with him? Or what what is he he's, like? Is he... It depends. You know, if he's you'll know if he's locked in first couple holes. So it's like <laughs> if uh, if he's locked in, you can't really get in his dome, but if you know, if he starts captain chunk of oats or if he starts slicing a little bit uh then you can give him some crap for it and uh it gets to him a little bit but no he's he's solid out there man i mean it's it's so fun to play with him be on the same team as that guy and you know all the other guys in arkansas too are great so there's a lot of other pitchers that were there that are top prospects even not top prospects with the royals and it's a great team and we also had like we did a dual episode with uh zach hockey and him where's Zach at right now? Is he in AAA? Hi. He's Where's with he me. He's with me and uh, he's coming back from a oblique thing. I think he had some, some tightness and oblique. So he's, he's here right now rehabbing. He should be good. Um, I don't know when he, I don't know his timeline, but dude, it's a weird year for injuries, man. A lot of guys. I th- It's because of the pause, right? It's Cause you guys didn't play last year. Has to be. Yeah. It, right? Has to be. I mean, there's, Usually when you get injured, a lot of stuff's arm related, you know, if you're a pitcher and this year, it seems like everyone is getting hurt. I mean, there's a lot of people we got. And apparently we're the bottom, bottom spectrum of the MLB as in injuries. And there's a lot of guys that went down this year and they're weird. It's all weird stuff, you know, bone related stuff, back stuff, 
side stuff. You know, some of it doesn't even have to do with your arm. It's super weird. So let's go into your golf game. So when you're pl- when you're on the golf course, are you the type type of guy that's going to have a couple beers, have a couple pints, maybe throw in the odd chew, maybe have a cigar, or are you a guy that's like dialed in on the golf course where it's like I'm locked in this whole round? Like, what kind of guy are you on the golf course? Dude, I'm loosey goosey, man. I love you know a couple drinks. Man, that's the only place I do. I'll put in a. I'll put in a two uh, every once in a while on the golf course. Now <laughs> I kind of got away. Yeah, I got. I got. I got away from it. I used to. I chewed a lot in college, and uh, I met a girl, and she hates it. So I got. I got rid of it. But that and fishing, I'll, I'll usually put one in. That's about it. But no, dude, I love having fun, staying loose on the golf course. You definitely have to come out and. If Heasley's out here, you know, spring training or something, we'll, we'll get yeah, we'll get on the I'll course. I'll make the trip. I'll make the trip. I'll figure something out. And then the next thing I want to talk about is you went to ASU, which being a Canadian kid, ASU is like the pinnacle of schools, party wise, athletics wise. I get like not a, not like athletic wise on the field, but just being an athlete there is the dream. Mm-hmm. So let's go into that for a second. Before we go into it, I have to ask you, a friend of the show, really good friend of the show, Hunter Bishop. Is he a legend at the air at Arizona State University? This guy's numbers with Torkelson is the most unfair shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh. So give me a little perspective on what Hunter Bishop was like. He's a humble dude. He was humble on the pod, but he's Very a freak. humble. Oh, freak athlete, man. He's one of the most talented dudes I think I've played with and been around. We're really I mean, I, I talk to the dude almost every day. He lives uh he lives out here with me as well. And we work out in the offseason together. Um He's the type of guy that he'll put his mind to something and he will master it until he's really good at it. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Like, he, he, I don't know if you guys talked about the DJ stuff. Yeah. Um, we did. yeah but yeah. he's, I mean, his junior year, I don't know if he always had a thing for music before that, but it got really serious our junior year of college. And I mean, everyone in the beginning was like, dude, like, you want to be a DJ? Like, come on, like, you're a freak athlete baseball player. And he's a scratch golfer. So it's like, yeah. what are you? Like, what are you, what are you doing being a DJ? And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years go by and he's really good at it. I mean, he's making great music right now and everyone's supporting him. And, you know, it got to a point where it's like, cause I'm, I, I'd consider myself one of his better friends in his smaller circle. And it got to a point where it's like, dude, do what makes you happy. Cause that's the only thing that matters in this world at this point, right? Do what makes you happy. And, um, he's doing it, man. He's, he's back on the baseball field. He's making music. He's keeping his mind you know, in good, in a good place. So it's, it's awesome. He's, he's a freak dude. I forgot to mention this on the show, but when I had him, but I would legitimately pay to see what his DMS were like at Arizona state university. Cause this guy, <laughs> man, rocket, good looking dude mashed on the baseball field and was a DJ. I mean, this guy, I'm assuming you guys had a baseball house or whatever in the clubhouse. Was he always on ox? Was he always playing tunes? Was that hit? Was he the designated ox guy? He was playing tunes most of the time. I'll give him that. He was playing a lot of tunes, but yeah, I mean, back to the DMs, like, I mean, it's Arizona state. I mean, this dude, (laughs) good looking, good looking dude. Killer on the baseball field. Our junior year, we went through the same process. So me and him, we weren't very good or freshman sophomore year. And then, you know, we figured it out our junior year and had a blast. And we both had girlfriends our junior year, which is, which was funny, but our sophomore year, I mean, we, we had a blast, dude. We, we did have a, we had a big baseball mansion that we'd throw parties at. Dude, um, you're going to make our, me pass. Our, uh, our catcher, Lyle Lynn, had a really nice house. So we were always over there. It was a good time, dude. I feel like if you're, if you don't live in the state of Arizona and you grow up somewhere else, I feel like the dream school is Arizona State. Has to be. I, dude, I remember like, 
when I was when my baseball team went to Arizona for the fall classic, which is that tournament they'd play with like all the scouts. Yeah. I would go to like Dick's Sporting Goods and I would just buy Arizona State gear. Like I th- I would drop like 250 on ASU gear just to make myself feel like I was a part of that school. Like it's the dream yeah. school. It's literally the dream school. You see videos of like the parties and all that kind of stuff. So give us a little background. How easy is it? I asked this to Hunter too. How easy is it to recruit someone to go to ASU? I mean, it just st- take a step on campus. That's how easy. I'll give you, I'll give you my story of, of being recruited to Arizona State because it's pretty funny. And it's pretty unique. So I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you don't get recruited to go anywhere if you live in Wisconsin. Like you have to be yeah. unreal at anything to make it out of that place. And um, the coaches came from Indiana University. So they're a Midwest school and they were recruiting Midwestern guys and they went to ASU. And I was with Skip and um, uh, Ben Greenspan were the, the coaches and assistant coach. Were my, that's who my coaches were. So they came from Indiana. So they were, I was kind of under the radar before they moved and they moved and they came to Wisconsin to watch Gavin Lux who ended up committing. He committed a week after me to ASU. And um, so they saw him play and some, my travel ball coach was like, Hey, you got to check this kid out. Skip ended up telling me years later, he didn't even want to check me out. He just stayed at the (laughs) hotel and Ben Greenspan actually came and watched me pitch. And they offered me over the phone two days later. And ASU was my dream school because, one, I wanted to get as far away from, from Wisconsin, Wisconsin yeah. as possible. I wanted to go to the really nice weather place because I was sick and tired of the cold. And I went and visited Florida, and I couldn't stand it because the humidity was just ridiculous. So I, I fell in love with ASU super young. Um I didn't think it was a reality until my junior year of high school. So I kind of forgot about it for a couple of years. Then they offered me over the phone and I committed over the phone. Never been to Arizona in my life. And I committed (laughs) to Arizona State. And uh, they were I didn't even tell my parents for three days because they didn't. I mean, they didn't want me to go that far. They wanted me to go to like Illinois State or something because I had like a full ride there and whatever. And um so I committed over the phone. They said the first kid to ever do that, never been to Arizona to commit to a school. I committed, verbally committed. My mom, so you know, they, they send the national letter of intent. Yeah, NLI. Yeah, yeah. NLI. So they send me the NLI. My mom would not let me sign it until we took the official visit. <laughs> we go to the official visit and I get off the plane and I'm trying to sign it as soon as they get to the field because it's beautiful. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it was it was the coolest place like I've, I've ever been. And I was like, I mean, there's no doubt. Like I hadn't even seen anything yet. It was Friday, Friday afternoon. I was like, please let me sign the NLI. I didn't, she wouldn't let me sign it until Sunday. <laughs> and the whole weekend goes by and we go, you know, we do a huge party with the the team and all this stuff. And like, I get dropped off at my mom's house at 3 a.m. or apart <laughs> or the hotel room at 3 a.m. Just, just, you know, feeling not in the good shape not in good shape and um i didn't think she was gonna let me sign it after that all the teammates were worried that she was gonna tell the coach and all this stuff it was was, dude i it was a great official visit it was awesome well dude honestly like 
all you got to do is just realistically go on YouTube and just search Arizona State University, and it's like I'm committing it right now. But dude, you mentioned you're under the radar. And this is the thing with you that just this is how you know you're a dog on the baseball fields when you're like, so yeah, like Florida contacted me. I didn't want to go to Florida. So first of all, if Florida's contacting you, how in God's name are you under the radar? How does that even make sense? Like, okay, it wasn't. I didn't mean it like that. It was. I went to Miami. I took BP one time, or it was University of Miami, and we took a. Me and my family took a trip. We drove from Wisconsin down to Miami, and I wasn't being recruited by any of these teams, but we visited the colleges. Oh, so I went. I went to Georgia, Vanderbilt, um, a bunch of other places, and a couple months later, I started being recruited. I think the biggest schools. I mean, there are some big schools like Arkansas, Louisville, NC State. I almost went to NC State because they offered me more money than ASU, and they were coming off a World Series yeah, yeah. Um, run that year so i was there was other schools but i mean asu was just it was like it was a gut feeling like it was immediate like that's where i gotta go dude it's like it's maybe the easiest decision ever but the fact that you had like arkansas who's i'm assuming you said arkansas right the number one ranked team in the nation as of right now and nc state and all that kind of stuff it must have been difficult like did you take official visits there or you just didn't even take a visit there took official visits to places that were really close. Like I went to Illinois State. I went to UW-Milwaukee. I went to University of Cincinnati. Uh, they were like unofficial visits, right? Because yeah. if you, back then the rule was you could only get one official visit and you had to be committed to wherever. Now you can take like seven of them. Yeah, and which they is pay insane. For it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't afford to fly out to schools and take visits. So I had to wait till I could get that official done. And um so I went on AS. ASU was my first big, big official, or yeah, it was my official visit because I was committed there already. So, and dude, back then it was so cool because everyone, you know, if you're a sophomore in high school, junior year in high school, and you got your friends are committed and they're everyone's committing, and you're like, oh, I got to get it done. Yeah, and it's like it's nerve wracking, dude. Like there's, the recruiting process in high school is crazy because it's like now you have social media, which is such a big influence. And like, you got everyone all oh, like this dude's yeah. in eighth grade and he committed to Louisville. And you're like, what are you that doing? That shit like, pisses <laughs> me off, man. And I maybe, I don't know, you could attest to this. The kids, I don't know if you were this guy, I might even be chirping you, but those kids that tweet all of their offers, like no. go to, I mean, you're just a clown. Like you see those football players or basketball or whatever, or baseball players. Football's that's really like, there's like a thing for football players. Like they have to like tweet every time they get yeah. offered and then you have is... the guy that's like a five-star recruit literally just every single day tweeting about 80 different schools offering him it's yeah. insane and no, that shit is what pisses me off but besides the yeah. fact you in living in wisconsin obviously it's not like a massive massive baseball state were you no. just like a freak of athlete there, just pissing people's parents off because you were just carving everyone's ass in the batter's box or no what? i mean i was athletic i was kind of chubby in high school um i i wanted to play third base more than i wanted to pitch actually i had offers to play third um i like hitting yeah i was i practiced hitting six hours a day every day in high school like it was i didn't even practice pitching i pitched (laughs) because i threw 92 like i was like 88 to 92 yeah and no one else in wisconsin is like that like there was like three kids in Wisconsin, the whole state of Wisconsin that threw maybe above 90, <laughs> like when I was like a junior. You're not wrong, man. I mean, so like, so you were just so in high school, were you just do you did you throw like no hitters and shit like that? Or like were you? Yeah, it was up? I played so I played high school baseball one year. All the other years I played travel ball. 
and I played my junior year of high school because I was getting attention from schools and I knew that there was going to be scouts coming. So I knew like I was kind of safe to get offers. So I played high. My buddies were begging me to play <laughs> and um, I did it. And I was like a coach on the team. Like that's how bad we were. <laughs> I had to send, I had to send, I sent this year, actually, I saw a picture of our team. They were in jeans sneakers and hoodies <laughs> for practice they don't even have practice gear no one they didn't even have cleats some kids didn't even have gloves so i sent them a bunch of stuff um good guy this year, which good was guy. awesome what a good guy which was awesome but um no dude it was i threw a a 20 strikeout game in high school <laughs> and Are it was yeah it was it, it would have been a perfect game. It was a no hitter, 20 strikeouts. It would have been a perfect game, 21 up, 21 down. But the umpire, there was a three, two count. And I threw a fastball right down the middle and the kid started walking to the dugout and the umpire just didn't say anything. So he gave him a walk. Oh my God. It was the most, I was so pissed. Some kid tried bunting off me in like the sixth inning and I threw behind his head and he, he stood there <laughs> and he turned to the, his parents were sitting behind the fence and he was like, I'm not swinging the rest of that bat. He put his bat on his shoulder and I just threw three fastballs down That's the middle. electric. So you were pretty much like an MLB The Show guy, like 99 overall, like all the attributes were just... Yeah, in, in Milwaukee Public High School Conference. <laughs> yeah. It was the worst conference of baseball in the country. That's such um, a power move. That's such a power move. That's electric. I mean, I think I batted like 490. Like it was bad. It was a joke. <laughs> so I would, I mean, as a guy like me, I, would, I hit 186 in Juco. I would have been like a local legend there too. Like me, oh, yeah. me and you running the team. But dude, I got to go into that first day. You step on the like campus at Arizona State. Obviously it's a massive culture shock. You live in Milwaukee. Um, it's not as hot, obviously. You're not seeing as many, let's just say, above average looking females that are in Arizona. That's just a fact, especially the Arizona State campus. That's just a fact. Above average. That's yeah, especially fact. first day of school. Yeah, so... I want let, let's go into that culture shock for you there, man. I mean, what were you thinking? It's just your first day there. It's complete. It's like a whole new world, right? It's excitement, dude. It was, um, I actually ended up going early. I did summer school. So there was like, I want to say 12 of the freshmen. We went three months early to school and stayed here in the summertime, which was miserable because it was 115 out. Yeah. Yeah. And we worked, we started working out. We wanted to get an upper edge coming into fall camp whatever so we started working out with our trainer so we came three months early we took like two or three classes just to get used to it before everything got hectic which was awesome I mean with, if I didn't do that like it probably would have been even more of a culture shock because I had no family out here or nothing so it probably would have been super hectic but we did that man we stayed they put us up in these sick apartments for the summer and I think the worst part was moving from those apartments across the street to Hasiapa village when school started, which is the dorms and the, it's a prison cell. <laughs> yeah. So we go from like a four bedroom apartment with a vacant room and we would just throw bangers in this apartment room with 50 people in one apartment room. Yeah. And the football team was in the same apartment complex. So they'd throw parties down the hall. And um, I remember one time the cops came to our apartment and we had like 50, everyone underage. Every single person's <laughs> underage. Yes, dude. Every, every single person's underage. There's alcohol everywhere. And I'm in my room, like about to go to sleep. And there's still, the party's still going on. And I get a knock on the door and I open it. I think it's my buddy and it's a cop. 
And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? He gets everyone outside of the room, outside of the apartment room, and he looks at us, and there's three cops, and they're like, honestly, we're here for another party. We got a complaint about this wasn't the one. I saw a ton of alcohol in there. Um, we just happened to knock on this door, but we know the party's down this, like down the hall. <laughs> and he goes, just make sure everyone Ubers home, everyone go back inside and finish the night. And we're like, this is the best case scenario of all time. Like, how does, yes, like, how does that work? And then the guys down the hall are getting in shit. Like the guys down yeah. the hall are getting underage drinking tickets. Yeah. They probably got screwed and we, he just let us kept going. Dude, and we had electric. people on top of the on top of the island, like it was packed to the brim. That's electric. It was insane, dude. It's crazy to me. Like, obviously, being a Canadian guy, when I went to school in the states, it's like our drinking age here is nineteen, right? So, like, when you're a yeah. freshman in university, like actually, like end of high school, you're allowed to legally drink, go to the bar, and stuff like that. It's such a culture shock to me that you're like your age is twenty one, man. Like, I still can't even wrap my head around that fact. And like I said, when I was in JUCO. My team led the nation in underage drinking tickets. I think I had two myself. I had two. Is myself. that a stat? Yeah, I think we had That's to. A legit we, stat. we had. We had to. Dude, I'm not over exaggerating. It was almost like every other weekend we'd just get all right. The baseball team got another drinking ticket. Like it was idiotic. We'd go to the beach and it was just automatic drinking ticket. Then what we'd have to do is we'd have to do like this sort of rehab drinking program where they'd tell you all. It was crazy, man. Because it's in Nebraska, right? It's kind of like Wisconsin, you know, like the middle of nowhere where, like they really abide by the rules of the drinking and all that kind of stuff. And you have a bunch of these out of towner kids, like out of country kids, just ripping booze, like ripping their face yeah. off. So it's crazy to me, but that's insane, man. So you, so even at ASU, I mean, when you're a freshman there, is there some sort of like initiation on the baseball team you have to do? Like, are you just, are you picking up after all the BP balls? Like, what are you doing as a freshman at ASU? Oh yeah. Freshman's complete. Just, I mean, it's everything. You got to pick up home run balls. You got to do extra running. You got to do, I mean, you got to take extra booze. Like it's, it's, it's electric. It it's wasn't as bad. Yeah. It wasn't, it, I wouldn't, I would say it wasn't bad at all. There was no hazing or anything like that, which was, I thought there was going to be. Like there I thought there was going to be, I, yeah, I, think, I thought I, there was going to be more. There should be. I always think there and should the be. And the thing that pisses me off is that there was no hazing and some kid told his mom that there was. And there was a full-fledged investigation on our baseball team. <laughs> and there was nothing wrong going on, like, at all. Like, this kid was just upset because he was bad. And he, you know, he quit baseball that year. But it was, like, it was absurd. Like, so did, I like, mean, the coach sit you guys down and was like, was he like, is there hazing going on that we don't know about? Like, what happened with yeah, that investigation? Yeah, everyone got, everyone got um, interviewed by the investigators. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> And everyone's like, I have no idea what this kid's talking about, man. Like, I have legit no idea. Yeah, it was – I couldn't believe it because it was, like, it was ridiculous. But it was – yeah, I mean, it was – freshman year also was different because our upperclassmen were divided from our lower class because we had – my recruiting class was the number one in the country coming in to ASU. Who was in that recruiting even, class? It was you? Even after the draft. It was me, Hunter Bishop, Gavin Lux, oh Reggie Lawson, Bo Bichette. Pardon me? Yeah. There's, Are you there's, serious? It was ridiculous. And we lost Gavin, Reggie, and Bichette to the draft. And it was still the number one in the country. Carter Aldredi, um, Sam Ferry, who's the best catcher out of Chicago at the time. Um, Lyle Lin, who's the first kid drafted out of Taiwan ever. 
and then um bunch of dudes man i mean it was so your team was like legit projected to just be a super team super team yeah and then you add the quiet torkelson number number one the next year and it's like no one knew about this kid i didn't even know who torkelson was until after fall camp (laughs) how do you not know who torkelson is after fall didn't you face him in the fall i don't even remember i don't i don't think so like I, I don't remember that fall of me facing this kid, That's and then I remember, I remember talking to our hitting coach, and he was like, Spencer Torkelson. He's like, he's gonna be a monster, dude. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I didn't see anything crazy. He had like two home runs all fall his freshman year. Like he wasn't like killing it. Like yeah, no yeah. one paid attention to him because it wasn't crazy. And then he hits twenty five bombs his freshman year, and you're like. This kid's the best kid, best thing to come out of baseball. And and you want to talk about DMs for Hunter Bishop. Could you imagine what Bo Bichette's DMs would have been like at ASU? Oh, my God, dude. He probably, I mean, Bo Bichette, if he went to that school, like, you, he would legit need security guards. I mean, Could you imagine what our infield looked like if it was Spencer Torkelson, Gavin Lux, Bo Bichette? Oh, my God. uh, Carl Dreddy at third That's base. the most idiotic infield I've ever heard in my life. In college. For college. In college, yeah, bro. Stupid. Dude, that's insane. So did you know Bo? Or like you even my only time I ever met him was on the official visit. Oh, okay. So, so you only met a, him once. And he was pretty keen on taking the draft. So I kind of knew he wasn't coming back. So um, he just came, he wanted to get a little feel for the he wanted a like party for one day. He wanted to get a yeah. party, he wanted to get a party aspect, which I respect the hell out of it. Yeah. Because that was his mom. The, I mean, his mom was like, if he doesn't get if he doesn't go in the first round, he's going to college. Oh, yeah. Okay. He ended up going, I think, in the third round. But I think he second. got first round money though. I think he got like close to first round money. Yeah. So he went and now he's been playing the league for what, two years? Yeah. I mean, good for him. He's just like I said, he's two years. He, I would risk I and I said I think I've said this before. I would legit, I would risk my life for Boba Shett. That's just plain and simple. Being a Toronto guy, I love Boba Shett. But I wanted to go into your time at ASU, you on the bump, because obviously you had to have carved there if you went 70th overall in the draft. Is that good? You tell me. So you obviously there, your junior year, like you said, that was the year that you and Hunter absolutely just raked, absolutely just carved. Let's go into that junior year and what you think made you that 70th overall pick. What, what like plummeted you to be such a high overall pick? Um, dude, getting sick, sick and tired of losing and being terrible. That'll kind of get you there. <laughs> My freshman and sophomore year were the worst two years in Arizona State baseball history. Really? Um, yeah, we, had the, we went 23 and something. ASU's never had 23 wins in the history of ASU. They've always had more than that. That was the lowest. And then um, I didn't, you know, I came out of the pen my freshman year. I almost quit baseball. Um, my sophomore year, I started, I went into the starting role my sophomore year and turned into our Friday night my sophomore year. Holy shit. Halfway, halfway through. And then it's because no one else was doing it. Like we were so bad. It was just like someone has to do something. And I kind of just – I was sick and tired of losing, so I started pitching better. And then I went to the Cape that year and had a really good pitching coach in the Cape Cod League. Showed him out. Showed him out. Yeah. Uh, Christian Wonders, dude. He's – I trust this dude in my life. He's probably one of the best <laughs> pitching coaches I've ever had. Uh, he showed me a slider, but I still use it to this day. Same pitch. Probably one of my best pitches now. 
Um, he tapped into my velo. I mean, in 10 minutes, this dude talked to me for 10, 10 minutes. minutes. I, I gained like three miles an hour in like 10 minutes. Um, is he God? I mean, he could be. <laughs> <laughs> His last name is Wonders. Uh, I think he's a, he's a pitching coach for the Padres now. I talk to him every once in a while. He lives out here too, but no, he's great. He was great. And uh, I came back kind of just with a little chip on my shoulder. I was like, kind of, I shoved in the cave. I know I was, I closed. So I just went in there and just threw as hard as I could and got dudes out and punched off, punched tickets, kind of got what that feeling tastes like. And then I went back to school, like, all right, like this is your, like, you have to get drafted. Like you have to get drafted high. Like you got to ball out. So kind of just acted the part and it felt, it fell through just like that. So. So when did you kind of have like an understanding, like I'm going to go top, not like top hundred picks. Like I'm going to go 70th overall. Um, well, halfway through the season, I think I had the best record. I had the best stats in the country. I think Holy shit. first, so the first seven starts, I think I was seven and zero with a point six. Oh my God. I think don't quote me on it, but it was something like that. It was pretty close. So let me look at your front. Yeah, okay. No, dude, I I think you had a a one five nine in the Cape, and then yeah, you went there. Okay, so the Cape obviously helped. Like the Cape kind of plummeted you to go be so nasty, right? Is that like mm-hmm. that's what kind of did it? So and then obviously when you got when you where were you when you got drafted? Do you have a big party? Like what went on there? You get after it. So we went to regionals for the first time in my life at ASU. We went to LSU, got our shit kicked in. Um, we flew back the day of the draft to Arizona. Wow. And my whole family flew out to Arizona to meet me there. We went to Hunter Bishop's house first because we knew he was going to go like top 10 picks. Yeah. So we went, we went to Hunter's place first. Everyone was there. Whole team was there. And then since we knew I was going to go probably like later in the day, he got picked. We all went to my uncle's mansion in, in Gilbert and, he has a huge movie theater and all this stuff. So we put it up on the, the big screen and just got wild. And there was probably like 50 people there. And it was, it was awesome. That's incredible. So obviously you signed for, I got that. That's a pretty good slot value. What was like the dumbest thing you bought with that money? Are you ripping around in like a range? What kind of car you got? Like, what are you doing with that money? What's some of the dumb um, things you've done? My car is probably the biggest expense. Um, I paid off school right away. Yeah. Which was, I don't know, some odd amount. I can't remember. But then I bought um, I bought an Audi S4. So not nothing too crazy, but it's a great car. Yeah. I mean, it's a good that was, whip. That was the sure. biggest thing. Yeah. I never I never had a car in high school or anything. So I was, I was like, as soon as I got drafted, I was like, I'm, my present to myself would be the car. That's been about, so it's been about it, dude. I got a girlfriend. She's expensive sometimes. That's right. Um, you got to respect that. At the end of the day, and yeah. I'm looking at your signing bonus. I'm not going to say it out loud. The people, if you want to know it, just search it. Good for you, my man. I mean, are you are you an, are you like a? I saw you tweet actually. Credit to me for doing my research. Are you a Dogecoin guy? Like, what are you doing? Are you investing in shit with that money? I was going crazy on it for a little bit because I was actually this year's when I got into it was kind of the midst of uh, beginning of the season when everybody was tweeting about Dogecoin and all that stuff, and it was skyrocketed. I bought in at like 18 cents and I think I got up to like 80 cents or something. And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Like, this is free money. This is like, (laughs) what are we like? I'm going to get into this. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, it's back down to uh, 20 cents or whatever. So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. I don't even barely, I barely look at it now. I got a buddy, a couple buddies on the team that were going crazy and making tons of money because they knew what they were doing. 
and they were just doing research. So I was like, this looks fun. And you got to do a lot of, re- you got to know what you're doing though, when you're putting your money and stuff like that. So true. And I mean, and I don't know if I have this correctly, but you were living with Bobby Witt too. Is that correct? I am in Bobby Witt's house right now. Okay. Humble brag. Just a guy that I would legit sac- another guy I'd sacrifice my life for. What is Bobby Witt like? I mean, like I said, I legit love this dude. I think he's the, I think in my mind, no respect to Adley Rushman. I think Bobby Witt's the number one ranked prospect in Uh-oh. baseball. Plain and simple. I think Adley, I think Bobby Witt's the number one ranked prospect in baseball. So, I mean, what's Bobby Witt like? I mean, whatever your perception of Bobby Witt is, it's probably true. Like, he is – there's not many people I would – like, I've met a lot of guys that have signed for seven, $8 million, and I've played with a lot of guys. And, I mean, Torque's definitely worth it. But there's not many plays where you're like, all right, I see I see why he's – you know, he is the way he is, or I see why – what the hype is and stuff like that. And Bobby Witt, like, I would have given the kid $50 million. If they, if that if that was the slot, like, <laughs> I mean, he's worth everything and some. His character is unmatched. His, I mean, he's such a good teammate. He's such – he's always learning. I learned from this kid, and he's two years younger than me. Like, I would talk to him all the time because he just sees stuff that no one else sees um, in the game of baseball, which is kind of crazy. I don't know how you teach that or where he gets it from. I'm – I mean, his, yeah, his dad played 16 years in the big leagues. That probably had a little something to do with it, but um, he's, I mean, dude, he's unreal. He's, he does something every single day that you're like, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, no, dude. It's like, even when he's playing bad, it's something, it's something crazy. He just do even when he's playing bad, he probably goes one for four with a double and that's just a bad day for Bobby Witt. And he just missing one thing in his pet. I mean, like I said, humble brag with his podcast. We've had number one ranked prospects. You've had all that stuff. What I, he's missing one thing and that's coming on this show. I've been grinding to get this dude on the show. I don't know what I have to do. I will DM every day for a year. If I have to get this dude on the show, it has to get done. We've had you, we've had Heasley. I need to get stories of both of you from Bobby Witt. I need it from Bobby Witt's mouth. So is this guy, is he, is he the guy that's kind of, will he soak the tab at dinner? Is that the kind of guy he is? Oh my God. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's awesome, dude. I mean, I, I couldn't say enough good things about the kid. He's, that's electric. What's he like? He can, he can play uh lifetime. I don't know. I've only faced him, I think twice. So what is it? One for one two, one for, for one. two. Oh, he's over the walk. I think I walked, I think I walked him and I, he hit a ground ball up the middle off me. Okay. No, that's scorched it. <laughs> I mean, a piss missile he he's a hard out dude he if you throw him one pitch and you try like if, if you throw him one thing twice like he's gonna hit it the second time it doesn't matter where it's at what's the scariest what, what's what's like the most breathtaking thing you've seen him do on a baseball field like have you seen him i don't know if he had a game last year i think he had two nukes in one game one like four for four i don't remember specifically if that was last this year, year. Or this, this year this year, so me and him shotgunned to Red Bull before the game, and he hit three homers that game. <laughs> Which was so we started shotgunning Red Bulls before every game together. And That's I was, incredible. I mean, I don't need a Red Bull, like, I'm not playing. I was Bat Boy, so I was like, screw it, yeah, yeah. Some days, some days you got to get hyped up to be Bat Boy or doing the chart or whatever, but no, he hit three homers that game. Um, that was insane. I Do mean, you feel- he's just. 
Yeah, like, I mean, he's a freak. But do you feel bad for him, though, like, in a sense where every visiting ballpark he goes to, he has to sign, like, 5,000 autographs? Like, is there is there oh. a sense to you that feels bad for, like, this dude getting mugged? Because we've heard stories of Brendan Rodgers. We've heard stories about, the, like, these massive prospects. It just – it must be a little bit – it must take away the fun of the game when this a guy's lot, getting mauled dude. every second. I mean, in double A, too, dude. Like, no – I mean, I've gotten my autograph asked for maybe a handful of times all year when I was there. And this kid has 25 people after every game sitting outside. And this was like, they weren't even allowed to be there, like, because of COVID stuff. Like, yeah, and people yeah. just didn't care. Like, our coach had to yell at people to, like, get out of the, like, get out of there. Like, it's like that little, our, are you talking about that little compartment? I don't know. I haven't been to that field, but there's a lot of minor league fields where it's like a little compartment between the dugout and the field where they have, like, the players have to walk through oh to gosh, go to their cars, yeah. right? There's that. And then in the parking lot, mainly everyone sits in the parking lot. Or, like, outside the door that we go to, to the parking lot. And there'll just be a line. It's like paparazzi, dude. And it's just, like, kids and kids and parents and old guys. And it's, like, I mean, every day. Like Bobby will sit in the, like, in the dug or in the locker room for, like, two hours sometimes. Just to, like, wait <laughs> to see if these people will leave. Like, one, there's a field. I don't know if it was, uh, it was Frisco or something. But, like, there was a, a hidden entrance that only Bobby would use really and everyone. Yeah. So he didn't have to see anybody, which is awesome. But I mean, everywhere this kid goes, he said when he got off the plane for the all-star game, there was like a hundred people. Really? Like yeah. the futures in, game? In, in the airport. Yeah. In the futures games. Oh my God. Well, I mean, it comes with the territory, man. When you're as big of a prospect as he is, like, could you imagine what it'd be like for, a guy like Otani, whenever he goes back, or it just yeah. it, it must be just a little, it's overwhelming, man. This guy's gonna have to have bodyguards at one point. Like he I honestly know. will. I can't believe he's not the number one prospect in baseball. I played. I, I know Adley. Adley's unreal. He's amazing. Uh, I played against him, and uh, I just I've never seen anything like. I mean, Torque too. Like Torkelson is unreal, amazing, top three best baseball players I've ever played with. But it goes. I mean, Bobby Witt, in my mind, is like, I mean, one and of the best. Dude, and it's... this is the thing, because he's younger, right? He's younger than yeah. Adley Rushman. Adley Rushman got his years in college. He's a little bit older. Yes, he's a big prospect, but this Bobby Witt kid, I believe he's 19. Is that correct? He's two years younger than you, so he's, he's 20. 21. Yeah, he's 21. He's 21. Sorry, he's, he's 21. He's an, older, he's an older high school kid. Yeah, okay, so he's 21, and he's in AAA already. Like, it, it's yeah. – it's you can't even really – like, for people that don't really follow baseball that much, you can't really wrap your head around it, but – there's rarely 21-year-olds playing AAA right now. Like, if not, there's any, to be honest, especially from his I mean, he was the – but the thing is, he could have played in the big leagues last year. Yeah. But I, they're not, they're not going to do that, obviously. But, like, yeah. he could play – I mean, the kid's batting, like, 350 with 25 homers right now. And he's – you know, like, it's unreal. Like, I don't – they're not going to start his clock or anything. But, I mean, it's, it's – he could have played in the big leagues last year when he was 20 years old. No doubt in my mind. I mean, this kid, I, I remember the first time, like, I was, like, talking to someone about him. And I didn't really, you know, I hadn't seen the hype yet. And then I just saw him do stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, this kid's pretty good. And then I played with him in the alternate site. And I was, like, blown away. He was the best player there, like, by far, probably. And, um, and then someone told me he threw 98 off the bump in high school. <laughs> And no, I was no. like, I was like, uh, that, that makes sense. Like, of course, like, why yeah. wouldn't he? And, you know, like, 
That's insane, he's got bro. he's got the biggest forearms you've ever seen. He I he's, did see a video of him swinging a bat. He swung it like he's wide. got like the meatiest hands, like just the thickest hands I've ever seen in my life. Like it's yeah. he's he's a freak. He's got some crazy crazy stuff going on, and he's Dude. so fast. I mean, he's. We can go all day about him. We can go all day about him. But like I said, he's missing one tool. If somehow, some way, we have to finesse this man on the podcast. Humble brag, we've had big (laughs) leaguers. We've had guys that throw no hitters in the big leagues. Somehow, some way, we need this man on the pod. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to figure this shit out. But let's go back into your career for a second. So you're right now, obviously you're rehabbing right now. But what's it like in Arkansas? Like, what's that facility like and all that kind of stuff? I know there's like, it's like, it's, there's not many people there. Is that correct? um what do you mean like not many people like is it in like a small town it's in Fayetteville so it's right next to the University of Arkansas oh, okay okay so I, it's a I, it's I, a I, big I college town yeah it's pretty sweet actually um I was stoked when I got there dude because I'm I was in rookie ball when yeah I got you drafted. went up three levels right yeah so I went from rookie ball to alternate site to double a that's a good job um yeah which I was completely ready for like I kind of I kind of knew that's where I was going like that was one of my goals was to start in double a um started the season off really good had a really good spring training obviously got hurt but you know we'll get back on the field but um place is awesome dude I love it it's really I think everything I mean I think I liked it so much just because it was it wasn't Idaho Falls um because that place was miserable yeah and you said that place sucks like i heard it's just like the trenches bro it's like a grind to even play it is a grind yeah but um i think what made it even better was the teammates for sure i mean it was a weird unreal team great teammates um i mean the majority of like the prospects on royals were on that team yeah I mean, I mean, in humble brag, you're the alum, you're you're the number eleven prospect. Is that good? You tell me. Do you look at? Do you look into that shit? Like, do you did you have an idea you were the number eleven prospect? I didn't know. Um, I think I'm going on like month five or six without Twitter, so I don't I don't see a ton of stuff anymore that much. Um, wow, you went zero dark. You went LeBron mode on Twitter. <laughs> I did for a little. I, I'm. Yeah, it's not even on my home screen, so I can't even see it. But I, uh, I don't even get notifications anymore. But are you serious? You're just, you're just done with Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll pick it up again, like maybe in the off season or something. But I don't know, dude. I just, it's hard because I was, well, one, I was dealing with injury, and I just didn't want to see all of my friends balling out. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, no, it's hard because I got, I got friends in the big leagues. I got friends that are, you know, double A, triple A, um, and you know, like I'm trying to get up there as fast as I can. And it's like, once you get hurt and you can't play anymore, you're like, dude, like, I can't just keep watching baseball every day. Like I can't that makes keep, sense. Uh, you know, checking it. Like I started worrying about the wrong thing. So I just so got you rid FOMO. Of it. You have FOMO realistically. Yeah. yeah missing out. No, I can respect that. That's the same how I am. Like, obviously I was it, a little part of me would hate to see guys in my Juco who I'm grinding with hitting like 380. Cause I'd be like, I wish that was me, but no, I'm hitting 180 on the bench. Like it's just a little bit of the FOMO aspect, which is fine. But so right now, where are you at? I mean, with your rehab progress, are you going to be back in double A soon? Like, yeah, I think you said that earlier, right? Um, I'll be, no, I'm done throwing this season. Oh, you're done. There's six. Yeah. There's six weeks left of the season. I'm, I'm on a no throw for the next six weeks. What happened? It was a freak injury, dude. It's like a, um, it's hard to explain. It's, a, it's called a stress reaction of the humerus, which is 
this bone underneath yeah. your bicep. Yeah. Um, I thought it was tendonitis. I was dealing with it since like spring training, kind of threw through it and it got to a point where I just couldn't keep throwing through it. Um, we finally got an MRI and it's, I mean, it's just inflammation around the bone. It's a freak thing. It's in a really weird spot. They're not used to it in that spot, but it's just six to eight weeks, no throw. And I'm good. It doesn't even hurt. Like it hasn't hurt in two it weeks. It doesn't I'm, hurt. Like it only even... hurt when I was throwing. So can you even make like right now, hypothetically, if you made a throwing motion, would that shit hurt? Like you no. haven't even tried? No. Well, I have. I mean, I, I, so I took 10 days off, came back from that and threw two lives. And my, I mean, I was like my velocity of my bullpen. I was, I felt better than I felt in spring training after I took those 10 days off. Yeah. And after two weeks, I didn't feel it at all. And then it, it came back immediately. So it was, that was when we decided to like get images on it and whatnot, but. Hey, we'll get back there. It's just part of the plan, man. It's crazy, man. Like, especially like just obviously guys that are especially like hikes and velo, like Zach hockey. Right. I mean, I think he's, mm -hmm. I think he hits a hundred, right. Is he, is he like in the hundred club or close to it? I think he hit, oh. I think he hit a hundred. Really? I have yeah. no idea. I I thought he was like 92, 94 this, this season. Um, and then his oblique thing happened. I have oh, no okay. Idea. I have no idea. I, I was always told he threw his like 98 to 100, but that's fine. I know. I like, I guess he's, I, I could Murdoch be wrong on that. He's like that. And he's another tall, lanky. Yeah. I could, yeah. I, I, like I, I could have swore it was like hockey, but no. So you, so right now, what you're saying is your arm feels perfectly fine. It's just they're literally telling you like it's going to aggravate and make it even worse, even if you throw right now. Or what are they yeah, saying? Basically, yeah. Basically, just it just needs time to heal because I didn't take much time off last year because of COVID. So the, well, the yeah. repetitiveness of, you know, not taking time off, added velocity, that stuff takes a toll on your body. So it's, yeah. it's just, it just needs a break. That's basically so you, all it is. So you've been just been running a shit ton of cod. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you allowed to golf with that shit or what? I am. I'm, I'm golfing. I'm going to golf a lot more. I've been playing video games. Um, I got other guys that are rehabbing how Jonathan Bowen's with me. We're really good friends. Um, so we're hanging out all the time. He's actually, he just brought home some Chick-fil-A. So that's a power. We, we don't have Chick-fil-A. We don't have Chick. We don't have Chick-fil-A here. Actually, no, I think we have one Chick-fil-A in Toronto and that's it. But um, and it's the last thing I want to bring up here, man. I mean, so going into next year, I mean, do you, are you, is, is the show the goal? Like obviously you're rehabbing. So you haven't been throwing. Are you going to go to the fall league this fall? Like what's going on there? Like what's the goal? The plan, going next year? Yeah. The plan is to throw a couple innings in the fall league, probably towards the end. Um, if I get built up in time, you know, see how it feels. Um, obviously if the pain and everything's gone, that'll give me good confidence going into spring training. So hopefully get another big league invite and just do what I did this year, but just feel healthy. You know, like I was, I started the year off great, felt good, big league camp, started the season off pretty good. Um, so I think it's just, if I'm healthy, like I know I'm going to be there. So that's basically dude, it. It's for just sure, dude. And I saw actually Mike Matheny was just pumping your tires at, at spring training. I don't know if you saw this quote from him. He said he had no, he, he didn't really know about you until you came into this spring training. And you, I think you threw one scoreless against the Padres. And he's like, who's this guy? Like that's mm -hmm. when you kind of came onto his radar. So, I mean, you're there. I mean, uh, Mike Matheny, knowing who you are, a legend, the manager, the skip. That's just a good place to be, man. But anyways, bro, I mean, obviously it was a pleasure to have you on. You're the, you're the former face of ASU on the bump. Just the guy that I, I needed to get on the pod. I should have told Heasley. I should have asked him earlier. Last day, did you get invited to Heasley's wedding? I didn't know Heasley. 
Oh, you didn't know him? Yeah. Okay. I so we, so we share one thing. We both weren't invited to Heasley's <laughs> wedding because I knew him before that wedding. So we, we both weren't invited. But anyways, brother, obviously, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll run Warzone after this. Who knows? We'll figure oh something out. Oh, my gosh. Out. I mean, we have to. We should. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy talking to you. enjoy the podcast. I think this is awesome. Um, awesome that some of my friends are doing this, too. You know, having Hunter on and Heasley, that's, that's great stuff. So. Hopefully we can uh, get back on in a couple of years when I'm in the show and get some other guys. No, on. but and, and I say this to every guest and obviously like guests that are big time prospects like yourself, the day after your debut, you're going to have to promise me like we get first dibs on you. Cause we're riding with you now, obviously mm-hmm. you're rehabbing. We're riding with you. I had to get you on. We're boys. Now that day after the debut, I might even be there. Who knows? I said, I promise Heasley I'll be there at his. I'll be at yours too. I'm going to promise you that right now. Also awesome day after we got to get you on the pod we got to let's break the internet let's make it a deal let's do it (laughs) let's do it man thank you brother i appreciate it nice thank you so much man thank you for listening to officially unofficial make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on itunes and follow us on twitter at a fish on a fish pod and on instagram at officially unofficial pod thank you